Hi, this is Gilbert Gottfried, and I'm here with my co-host, Frank Santo Padre, and this is Gilbert and Frank's amazing Colossal Obsessions. Now, since we first started doing this, I've been saying, you know, I'm like a, a an old monster movie freak, and I kept saying, we have to have Donnie Donegan. From Son of Frankenstein. Yeah. Son of Frankenstein. And uh and we we looked and found him. <laughs> we tracked him down. Here he is. Yeah. So the last well, remaining surviving cast member from Son of Frankenstein. With Boris Karloff, Basil Rathbone, and Bela Lugosi. And Lionel Atwill. So yep. Donnie, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you. You tracked me down. That's why the FBI was here this morning, huh? (laughs) (laughs) And we have something else in common. Uh, We're both uh, can be proud to say we're part of uh, two Disney classic films. Uh, I was the parrot in Aladdin, and you... Tell us what you were. I was a facial model for Bambi, the original Bambi first. And then Mr. Disney took my mom and me to lunch one day. And and just as casual as you can be, he said, hey, how about doing the voice? And my mother said something very clever, like, you bet. (laughs) So we we are actually, we're talking to Disney royalty. We're talking to the voice of the original voice of Bambi, which is a very, very cool thing. But Donnie, let's start at the beginning. you, you, You were a kid of the Depression. No, no money. How did you get into show business in the first place? If I was a linguist, I would tell you luck in 55 languages. Okay. okay. <laughs> tell us in one. Easy. I'll just use English. It's probably my best question. And a lot of wonderful people. Um, we were first, we were um, in San, San, uh, San Angelo and San Antonio, Texas. Um, everybody, everybody's looking for a job. College graduates were looking for a job. Um, neither of my parents had any real education, wonderful people. And I mean, wonderful people and work, work, work for 20 cents an hour, each one of them. And my dad finally got a job for 25 cents an hour. Now think about that as a motivation for a wow. second and moved us from, from, uh, uh, San Antonio, Texas to Memphis, Tennessee. I've just turned four years old and, um, we moved into a, a little two-room apartment. Now, I, I, I remember some of this. And rather soon, I remember most of it, okay? A little two-room apartment above uh, a small hardware store in the middle of Memphis, Tennessee. And uh, no radio. Uh, nobody knew how to spell television yet, of course. And <clears throat> both my parents had worked like the Dickens. And uh, no entertainment. Uh, we didn't think about that word, entertainment. And my mom started taking me on Saturday afternoons when she wasn't working about two ding-dings away. And that's how I, I, I uh, counted distances in those days. And for a old uh, land navigator to use ding-dings is really funny. Okay? Ding-dings to me were the stop signs. Yeah, actually, <laughs> oh, you were two ding-dings away. Very good. <laughs> you know, the signs came down, go, ding-ding-ding, stop. So two ding-dings away, <laughs> where we live. There was a, on the street corner, large, large concrete area street corner, I think in front of a little drugstore, um, was a man that danced on Saturday afternoon with a, a, a black hat, like a top hat, 
on the sidewalk and a big photo. I had never seen one before. I remember this well. You cranked it up, had a huge enunciator, like a big cone. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had top shoes on. I had enough. That's my first experience with that, I'm sure. And he, <clears throat> later in my life, I teased people about he must have been to an orthopedic surgeon and had all his bones removed. Uh, he, he could make R- Ray Bolger look like he was doing a Marine Corps march. This guy could really dance. Oh, he danced like a rag doll, like he had no bones. Oh, yeah, right. he was incredible. And a lot of people, he was a black man. And a lot of people were standing around. This is right on the area edge of an area called the black area. And I'm very sensitive to that term now. I'm I'm hostile to that term. But there are those days I didn't know any I didn't know anything. Okay? And uh four years old, my mom's there and she's clapping, everybody's clapping and throwing pennies and some nickels, big deal nickels, <laughs> people making twenty cents an hour, right? Into or toward this hat. And I'm standing there, nobody's paying attention to me if I'm quiet or change. And I'm barefoot. Not because I want to be barefoot. We don't have any shoes. I don't have any shoes. And I started imitating this guy. <laughs> and he notices that after a couple of Saturdays. Wow. He comes over to my mother. I'll never forget the first man I ever saw bow extra courteous to a lady. And I made a heck of an impression on me to this day. <laughs> he bowed to my mother. Everybody stopped. Uh, he stopped at the Crolla and asked my mom if, uh, if, if I could come out in front and and dance with him. So I'm barely four years old. This guy is at least six foot two, <laughs> no bones, and we start doing a <laughs> duet. That's great. About a month later, uh, the word was there's going to be a big talent show in uh, Memphis at a theater that's still there. And I understand it's a, a national monument now, not because of me, but because of wow. the architecture. Anyway, the uh, very nice theater in the uh, downtown area of Memphis was going to have a talent show. Folks went to talent shows in those days sure. and, and spelling bees and they bored, no money. I mean, they, everybody went into the darn thing. Yeah, we're, we're kind of jaded about those things today, but uh, a talent show and a big money prize, big money prize. And uh, everybody was talking about it. Sam talked to my mother and then he visited with my father for the first time uh, when he could catch him uh, about um uh, entering me in that talent show for children. So they put me in this talent contest, and um, the fans, Sam and his family had to sit up in the special area, which I, I think I started resenting at the time, frankly. Yes, he couldn't He couldn't perform with you because it was whites only. Yeah, whites only. Yeah. And in fact, he couldn't even sit in the place was packed. He couldn't even sit in the regular um, uh, theater. What a shame. Wow. What a shame. He had to go up in the balcony somewhere. I remember this, and that that angered me a little. I remember this well, okay? That angered me a little bit. It was probably why I've been in the NAACP for decades, okay? Okay. But, <laughs> yeah, now I'm on, uh, we're in the theater, and um, I got these tap shoes on, and I know, I, I know it's, I'm kind of cheating with it. I could flip that baby really good, dang, 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 you know? So, and I'm in the wings watching this thing. And now I, I think I realize that I'm the youngest whippersnapper around here. And the, the talent was great. The lady, the, the, uh, the uh, performer in front of me was a high school girl, did the ballet. And I can remember turning to my mother and saying something, not verbatim, but something about, you know, this is a contest. What am I doing here? Oh, <laughs> so, people with real I, talent, right? Oh, yeah. It was yeah. terrific. And the place was packed with lots of uh, applause. And <clears throat> now it's my turn. The, 
my mom or somebody helped her put the Sam's Victrola out. They had an orchestra, but they didn't have my number. I had one little number uh, rehearsed, and um, one of those funny little songs of the time of the Depression. They put the recorder out on the, on the stage, cranked it up. Um, somebody had made a top hat out of a paper bag for me, boot black, um, and a bit of a costume. Okay. And they put, put me out on the stage. And I did a, a song and dance with a stick from a tree as a cane and this top hat. And I won the darn thing. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> at, yeah, four, oh at four years old. Four Did- years old, I won the darn thing. And, uh, uh, a bit later in life, I'm, I probably thought I won on a sympathy vote. But anyway, I won the darn thing. Now, everybody's super excited. Um, we go back to our little flat, the two-room flat above this hardware store. And my mom and dad sat down the next morning. That was a a Friday, as I remember, I think it was a Friday. It was the next morning. Uh, both of them have uh, some hours off for a change. And they sat at this little table we had, and I'm sitting on the side. And <clears throat> I wasn't paying attention like I should have until the very end. Uh, my mom and dad said, let's go see Sam and his family. And now they, they had this money, uh, and, was, and a lot of money <laughs> for those days. Do you remember and, how much? I think it was $100. Wow. Okay. And uh, if you think for a second, one of my checks right away pretty soon was 75 a week. 75 a week in 1939 had to be, I'm an old mathematician, I think had to be around $1,100 a day. So this was a lot of money. Yeah. That's right. Oh, so excited. Anyway, my dad left. Um, uh, um, this is Saturday morning, I think, fellas. And he went somewhere, kind of like Sam did, run off, and got this thing changed some way. And uh, now... I would I would tell you precisely, but I did not know precisely at the time. Okay? And um, and anyway, we got my hand, and we went down and walked at least three or four blocks uh, to where Sam and my dad knew where he was. Uh, Sam's uh, house, a little bitty what we would call a duplex now, right on the edge of the sidewalk. <clears throat> and knocked on the door, mom and my mom and my dad and me, and here comes Sam uh, and his wife and two daughters I had never met before. And Sam's a little shocked at the door. Uh, and my dad looked like a, like he was a boxer kind of guy. <laughs> my dad gave him half of that prize. Wow. That, oh. that, that, that was the right thing to do. Good for your dad. Yeah. yeah. Really made an impression on me then and now. Okay. Wow. Well, uh, when, did, when did the RKO Talent Scout show up? In the audience at that, at that um, um, uh, talent show was a... a uh, a bona fide talent scout called in those days. I emphasize the word bona, bona fide because that's how it was. Maybe not anymore. And he was there visiting his mother who was in hospital. Mm-hmm. And I guess he was bored and he'd been there for a week or so. And he's getting ready to go back to Los Angeles. And he's, uh, he's in the, this audience. And he approached my mom and dad that Sunday, right after we did the Sam visit. Um, he found out where we were and, uh, at first, my dad thought uh, uh, this, this was some kind of hanky-panky thing. <laughs> he didn't trust then, it. No, he didn't trust it. Mean, this is too good to be true. Wanted us to go to Hollywood. In a couple of days, we're on a train. We had one suitcase between the three of us. And, and this nice man from RKO, a company of us, he paid all, he pulled, paid for everything. We got the Grand Central Station in Los Angeles. And none of us had ever seen anything because in our lives were, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. Put us in a nice apartment. Well, four or five rooms. My mom didn't know what to do with all this. <laughs> and suddenly you're in Hollywood. Now we're in Los Angeles. And um, 
Um, uh, they took me, I think, in three or four days, real soon, to what I learned later to be a screen test. Okay, I had no idea. I had no, all I know, my mom and dad have got a little money. They have some kind of a car. Uh, my dad didn't even have a license. He was worrying about not having a license. We're driving around in this car. And we're at the studio, and we're doing a, what's called a, a, a screen test. And, and I understood, I'm four years old, had understood what that was and the significance of it. I would have probably screwed it up. Okay? But I thought, we're having a great time. And I had a great time with it. Uh, somebody asked me to tell a couple of jokes, and they fed me the lines, and I told a couple of jokes. And, and uh, right away after that, I was loaned out to another studio. And my mom and dad were very sensitive to this. We didn't understand this at all. And uh, that other studio happened to be Universal. And uh, and the very first film was Mother Carrie's Chickens. With Margaret Hamilton. Uh, yes, exactly. Who was, who was the evil witch? <laughs> Wicked Witch from, of the West. Yeah. And Walter Brennan. <laughs> Walter Brennan. <laughs> you know, I think Walter Brennan must have born old-looking. <laughs> yes, must, yes. He must have been. Yeah, he yeah. was always like, he always looked like he was 90. Had, had, you, had you turned five at this point, Donnie? You're still four. No, I'm still four. Okay. This is 1938, Gilbert. So four. Good question. Right, good observation, Gilbert. He did. He always looked like he was old. And he made a heck of an impression on me and my mom, who was there almost all the time. My dad was off getting a job somewhere already. I don't think they trusted this this operation much. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's honest with you. What the dickens? And uh, I mean, they're all in shock. But Walter Brennan was extremely courteous to my mother. I'll never forget. And very courteous with me. Um, and I, I gave my mom some good advice on, on how to do some things and was very, very concerned about our welfare. So he had to have a real good heart, that old man. Uh, he probably looked old when he was 19, but. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, Mother Carrie's chicken, it was really a lot of fun. Um, they, I remember a scene that they had me with a goat. And I, I fell in love with this goat, and I wanted to take it home. Nobody would let me take it off the studio. <laughs> we will return to Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, how, how did you wind up in 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 uh, in Son of Frankenstein? Did you have to audition? Um, I don't think so, sir. I think um, I'm, I'm a wonderful director, um, very Ro- cultured man. I Roland Lee. Roland V. Lee. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow, you guys have got your homework. Roland V. Lee um, uh, wanted me in the Son of Frankenstein film. Um, oh, i got to show this with you. This is really funny. I <clears throat> I was asked a question about this about a year ago, and, and it brought back this memory. Um, my mom now is trying to trying to uh, teach me some culture, <laughs> and, and I'm a young whippersnapper, all excited about all this. And she's trying to inter- get me to introduce people and how to bow and do things that were more common then than now. And <clears throat> very early in the in the rehearsals, uh, without costume, un- regular street clothes rehearsal. 
for a son of Frankenstein. Everybody's there. It's early in the morning. And Roland V. Lee is getting ready to give us some, a briefing on what to do. Uh, Basil Rathbone, who made an incredible positive impression on me, is what a gentleman's supposed to be. And he's there. And Boris Karloff and Gilbert, Boris Karloff would have loved you. He would have called you a man that didn't need no batteries, okay? Wow. <laughs> How about that? Wow, that's exciting. So Boris no, Karloff would have loved me? Oh, he would have loved you. I think he wanted to be a stand-up comic. I really do. He was a wonderful guy. And uh, I know something of you and your, your dynamics. He would have loved you. He was all sitting there at, at Universal. I had just heard um, Bella Lugosi, classic a horror film guy, right? I just heard him, his name the day before. And now my mom is trying to teach me culture and how to introduce everything. And I'm, I'm trying to pay attention to that. And, and we're all sitting there. Mr. Lee is getting, getting ready to give us a briefing with a clipboard. I remember that well. Here comes Mr. Lugosi. He's always late. <laughs> Here he comes. He's always late by a few minutes. Here he comes like uh, 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 upstaging everybody or something. And then I want to, oh, here I am. Here I am, and I want to impress my mom, everybody, right? And I, everybody, everybody, look here. Here comes Mr. Belly Goosey. <laughs> Belly Goosey. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my. Everybody roared except him. <laughs> if I had understood what a glare was, I promise you I got a glare. You got a dirty home. look from Dracula. <laughs> which, oh, is, yeah. which is quite an honor. A <laughs> great honor. Yeah. <laughs> And he never talks to me throughout the whole movie. And part of that problem was that Boris Karloff, who I promise you, Gilbert and partner, he, he really wanted to be a stand-up comic. He was a wonderful guy. Boris Karloff and uh, Basil Rathbone teased him with that name throughout the whole movie. Every once in a while, they say, hey, Belly, get your goosey over here. <laughs> they, <called> him, <laughs> they teased him by calling him Belly Goosey. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh, he did not like that at all. Donnie, I heard you say that, that, that Bela didn't socialize much with the rest of the cast. No, he's always gone. We had a, we would have a party or luncheon or something. Oh, and uh, we were going to do something special for the Salvation Army. Everybody, the, the uh, big guys that moved all the stages around, they showed up. Um, he, he never showed up. He was kind of, I wouldn't... I didn't have this word in my vocabulary then, but I would have called him a compulsive recluse. Okay? He never showed up. Interesting. Yeah. And, and uh, you know what, what's interesting about watching you in the movie is it's like here you are, uh, uh, a curly, blonde-haired little boy. From the a, South. Yeah, with a <laughs> Southern accent. Oh, yeah. And you're Basil Rathbone's son. Did it, did it ever occur to anybody that, that it, we're, we have a kid from Memphis, Tennessee, with a bit of a Tennessee accent, playing the son of, of an Englishman? <laughs> yeah, I'll give you, I'll give you that wonderful question. I'll give you the, uh, the event that really triggered that one, okay? Earlier in the film in Transylvania, in the big hall, right? Yes. Big hall. Uh, I, well, one of my lines was to uh, welcome... Uh, the uh, John Dom, the uh, a priest captain, uh, commandante of uh, Transylvania, okay? And here he is, and I'm supposed to welcome him, right? And my line was, well, hello. Okay? And uh, <laughs> I, nobody had tuned me down any yet. They did pretty quick. <laughs> hey, 
But no, I took me down here. And so here we are in dress rehearsal. And no, 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 this is going to be a take. It's going to be take one. And um, the, we had these big boom mics on, on um, what we would call um, our booms uh, above me, above everybody, way up in the sky. And Mr. Lee, wonderful guy, he is standing way off on the side. I remember him saying, Donnie, the microphone's way up high. Speak up, son, speak up. He need not have said that to me, speak up. I had a drill instructor voice in those days. Okay? <laughs> so here's my line, and it's just take one, right? Here I go. Well, hello, you all. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, hilarious. So you're the son of Basil Rathbone living in Transylvania. Yes. Saying you all. <laughs> well, hello, you all. <laughs> hilarious. Gilbert and I like the scene when uh, they're putting you to bed and you want the curtains left open and you say, I like lightning. <laughs> <laughs> you sort of give yourself away there, Don. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that stopped the production for 10 minutes. Of my voice. <laughs> is that a Texas, a Texas, a little bit of a Texas accent, or is that is that a Tennessee accent? Then or no? Well, yeah, then, think, then, in those days. Yeah, I think it was homogenized. Right? Okay. Okay. <laughs> now, now uh, you, you, would, uh, you would play checkers? With with uh, with the great Karloff, I, we found this fascinating. Oh, how'd you find out about that? Oh my gosh, <laughs> the um, the sets then were real heavy wood, not like today, I'm sure. And it took a long time to change the sets, like in the big hall of Transylvania, etc. Right, and so there's a lot of time between what I learned then uh, takes between scene takes. Right, so we're all sitting around and we couldn't leave. We all told us stay there. And we had these canvas chairs with our names on it. That was the first time I ever saw my name on anything. And they had a canvas chair here, canvas chair there. And mine was right next to Mr. Karloff's. Now, at this point, I, I really enjoyed his company because he was really funny. He, not, not as dynamic as Gilbert from my <laughs> Well, who is? <laughs> but but you, you guys would have loved him and when he was off camera. Now, remember in Son of Frankenstein, he had no book. He had no lines. He got teased about that. Don't forget your lines, Boris, everybody would say. I'm sitting next to him, and we're bored. I'm bored. I, and I get bored easy uh, and then and now, I suppose. And, and uh, Anyway, Mr. Mr. Karloff had borrowed a, a little uh, checkerboard from somebody. I'd never seen one. It folded in half, very clever, and all the little pieces for it. And on a little bit of a table there with a script girl uh, given us, I think, uh, he taught me how to play checkers. And, it's, uh, and I'm four, about four and a half, and uh, you learn fast then. That's great. And it's a very, very easy game. And uh, we have played, I guess, on oh, Jeepers for a couple of weeks, uh, once, twice a week, easy, for a couple of weeks. And, and I had heard, I never have any money. I knew I'm making some money. Everybody's got money now. And... Ice cream costs a couple pennies. I never had any money. <laughs> so I heard I heard the grippers, these big fullback guys, moving all the stuff around, bet um, two bits, half a bit, two bits, and I figured out that was coins. Okay? So I, one day uh, I'm going to play with Mr. Karloff, and at his invitation we have a, at least a 20, 25-minute wait between takes. And I remember saying to him, uh, verbatim almost, I bet you two bets. He was very surprised at that. And he says, you're 
something like, okay, you're on or something. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and so we're playing checkers, but he was very popular. This is my introduction to real good leadership, okay? He was very po- He earned it. Very popular with the, 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 the hard-working crew guys move, moving things around with the mic guys. And they're always teasing him, walking by. So he was distracted several times. And I'm playing this game serious, okay? I've got a bet going on this thing. And I won it legitimately. I won it. You beat him. I, I, yeah. So I, I've got your corner, got your corner, got your corner. People started gathering around. Boris, he beat you. He beat you. I want my money. I got my hand out in front of everybody. I want this, this two-bit deal. I want this two-bit thing. <laughs> <laughs> then he went into his costume deal. He's a very clever guy. You know, I'm in costume. I have no money. Doesn't matter to me. I want my money. The crew and and Mr. Lee is there teasing him about not paying the kid. Wow. He took me by the hand and, and had a bit of a grin on. And I knew I'm okay. So, and he walked. Everybody's following. We went off to inside this huge hangar-like place, a studio place, um, a sound stage, I think they call it. And into his dressing room. was inside the big building there. Uh, stepped up into it, came out a couple seconds later with what proved later to be a very shiny half dollar. Gentlemen, I had never seen a half dollar. And this thing looked like a, a gold piece. I mean, it's shiny. And he's trying to give it to me. I think it's funny money. I won't take it. You know, <laughs> the crew was loving this thing. To see, I could pay my mortgage off if I had a clip of this thing. To see Boris Koloff in full costume get down on one knee in front of this little jerk kid me <laughs> and hold up his half dollar like, Donnie, this is real money. Take it, take it, take it. <laughs> That's great. You know what? what's so funny? We That's had so on Janet Ann Gallo from Ghost of Frankenstein. Ah. She used to play hide-and-go-seek with Bela Lugosi and Lon Chaney Jr. And you played checkers with Boris Karloff. <laughs> that, to me, the two of you seemed, that's the childhood I wish I had. <laughs> you know, we're having so much fun here with Donnie Donegan. We're going to make this a two-parter. So let's hear the rest of Donnie's fun stories about his Hollywood career on our next Gilbert and Frank's amazing colossal obsessions. <laughs>